You're listening to the dollop. This <laughs> this is a this is a biweekly American history podcast. Each week, I read a story. <laughs> to my friend Gareth Reynolds. <laughs> Who has no? You're frazzled, man. <laughs> Who has no idea what the topic is going to be about? You're saying my name. Your body languages. It's okay. I'm the one who's got to get back and fight the traffic. Fucking, it's okay. It's fucking o- Perth. It's you know okay. It's okay. Fly over to Perth. I'm gonna beat a, those guys up. That's a long flight to just kick an ass. That's a Hugh Glassian flight. Shut up! Don't turn on me, asshole. God, you want to hit a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny. Not Gary Gera. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the tickling podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle and do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> Um, so what happened was uh, we sat down to record our first podcast since uh, we we returned to America, and uh, the guys in Perth changed all the settings on the Zoom that we record on, and I couldn't figure out how to do it. So we spent 20 minutes. So we recorded some that of we it. we didn't have, 20 minutes we didn't have, because yeah. Gareth, being a moron, lives near Dodger Stadium, where the Dodgers I are love playing. how this turns into and me being a moron. Because how? I live somewhere. How I just it? told you it's cool. I'm not asking you to take on very, my stress level. You're very angry. I'm not asking you to take on my stress. You're very angry. You don't need, you know, you're angry at me for living near a place where I'm going to have to fight traffic. Garrett, let me you tell you. You don't get to usurp anger like that. Let me tell you something. What are you, an X-Man? We're going to be. I'm the usurper. We're going to be. I usurp your emotions and I take it on as mine. 1870. Wait, can I do the same jokes I did before? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so were the 1870s, like, was that like, was that when disco was big? Yeah. Okay, yeah. This is when uh, Saturday Night Fever came out. Yeah, except Saturday Night Fever was like a real fever back then. You're like, my boy's dying. Get He's me. got Saturday Night Fever. I don't know if he'll be staying alive. <laughs> See, now I'm even punching it up. Yeah, it's better. This is, it's I better. Like it. yeah. we, should, we should always rehearse it once. We should always do it once and then realize the sound isn't working. Uh, yeah, and then get it. I think that's a good way to do it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Fucking Perth. Yeah, okay. Before the 1870s, women were mostly never by themselves in public places. What did I say before? I was like, uh, I don't remember. Probably wasn't good. Before this, they always had a man with them to protect their woman, right? I think I made a joke about how, oh, it's super different now, which I've never made that yeah. joke before. Yeah. Uh, Although uh, this is was mostly a, a upper class idea, right? That the upper class women would not rich women alone. weren't alone, right? Poor, women, poor women, whatever. They're not. They're not women. No, right. they're barely women. If right. they are, but, they're poor. You know, a lot of the poor women were widowed, or you know, something bad had happened, so they were on their own, right? Um, and so they would have to go to work or whatever. They would have to be on their own. So they, they, they were kind of not considered part of this equation. So the widows are just going to work alone. And the danger is that a woman... Okay, keep going. Well, uh, so a woman alone at this point, they assumed that she was asking for it. Right. Now, I remember, this is right around when we've got maybe a little this further This is right this. when we stopped. But, uh, but what the implication there is that... If a woman was alone, right. then she was asking for it. Asking for what, I guess, is the question. I'll, things, I'll speak for the audience. Bad things to happen to her. 
Interesting. So if she's alone, that's a signal to that. Uh, Go ahead and trump her. I'm uh, yeah, trump away, <laughs> trump on. Mashers would claim they were justified because a woman was walking about all alone. Which okay, meant, so this is this is new. So which meant she must be loose. Uh, okay, couple. A solo lady is a loose lady. Couple red flags are uh-huh. are uh, sticking out now. Sure. Uh, mashers. Okay, mashers. Uh, that please tell me that that comes from like bourbon mash or something. Okay, so there there were I didn't I didn't use the definition of mashers because there were th- three places it supposedly came from. One was two comedians were doing a show, and they went backstage and they and one of them said I mashed them, and the other guy said, Oh, is that what you did to the ladies? You mashed them, and then. And then that that phrase caught on, and Masher was born. So they had hacks back then too. <laughs> hacks were still allowed in green rooms. Um, uh, there's also a French word that it's similar to that it may have come from, uh-huh. um, and then I don't remember the third one. But there were three different versions of where it could have come from. But what but does it idea... what does it mean in this okay, we'll, we'll, Masher? Okay. We'll get into it. Okay. Um, not liking what I'm hearing so far, right. by the way. When uh, when a masher went to court, the masher was often fined for using inappropriate language. Okay. For instance, five dollars for calling a woman for calling a woman a chicken, or twenty five dollars for calling her a cutie. Whoa. Okay. Uh, weird. Really weird. <laughs> Specific word finage is pretty interesting. And a chicken is negative. Uh. Yeah, I think so. A compliment cost you more. Yeah, you were not supposed to compliment single women on the street. But they're alone. <laughs> they're asking for it. <laughs> right, right. They're asking for compliments. They're asking you, for it. A, a man was not supposed to approach a woman on the street. Total. Really? No, total. No, no. No. Okay. That, you're a masher at that point. What do you mean I'm a masher? That's a masher. A masher. A masher a, approaches a woman alone. Yeah, a masher. You just going up to her and talking to her. You're you're a masher at that point. And that's bad. Well, then, yeah. Now it's. I don't think it's bad. Now, you can be <laughs> now like, you're hey, confident. Hey, I like you. you. You're you're pretty. You make my things feel weird. Would you like to go get coffee? Hmm. Like that's totally fine. Is that fine? <laughs> Is that fine? Do you think that's fine? <laughs> uh, one could be fined for just speaking to a woman alone on the street, regardless of the language. It was just not done. Wow. Then. As the Industrial Revolution came into being, women left rural areas and moved to cities. And this gave them the chance to go out on their own more often. All right. Someone's bound to say something to one. It's not like the ladies wanted to be chaperoned everywhere or sit in their house. They actually would have preferred to be able to go outside. They had feeling and emotion? Yeah. I believe believe they were human beings. Hmm. Hmm. It goes against what I think. Yeah, I right. know. Okay. Uh, so with this newfound freedom came harassment. It was much more difficult to harass a lady in a small <laughs> town. Imagine they're like, you know what? We actually do want to be chaperoned now that um, <laughs> we're seeing what it's like without it. It turns out it's fucking horrible. Turns out, don't approach us anymore. Go back we're to good. five bucks. Uh, yep. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with the chaperone. Yep. It was much more difficult to harass a lady in a small town because everyone knew everyone else. But. There was an anonymity in cities. In 1875, a new... What did the man look like who said something to you, ma'am? What did he look like? A man. All right, we'll get him. We're looking for a man who's talking to women. 
That's actually what happened a lot. Which way did he go and what did he say? In 1875, a New York Times article scolded men for how they were treating women getting on and off streetcars. Men would, quote, pass her in and pass her out, putting a hand on her waist or shoulder. Turns out women were not into being handled by strange men. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Mashers had all sorts of techniques. One of the more common one was for the masher to drop a letter he was hiding in his pocket at the post office and then ask a woman if she had by chance dropped a letter. Oh, God, what a weird... uh, (laughs) Excuse me, miss, you dropped the letter? I'm not falling for the letter drop again. Are you sure that's not yours? I don't think it is. Do you mind checking? You sure, man? You won't pick it up? And then the idea is they pick it up and you check them out. And then you talk to them. And then you talk to them. Oh, you like letters? I like letters. (laughs) Oh, I got a bunch of letters, too. You masher. What? I'm not a masher. We're just having a postal connection. I did not drop a letter. Well, I don't know. I didn't drop a letter either. I hate letters. Why are there four, 14 in your pocket? Huh? Because I'm... You dropped all of them in my pocket, maybe. Maybe try to grab them. Oh, you make my fun parts feel weird. Want to get coffee? Other articles discussed whether women could walk around alone. It was largely accepted that women should not meet men on the street, or he could turn out to be a masher. A lady was to wait... To be introduced by a friend or a relative. Oh, God. I mean, it's just going to take forever. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, on, I'm not on the side of, gr- of grabbing waist when they're coming off of trolleys. But the idea that the only way you can meet someone is, like, with an intro- a proper yeah. intro. We vetted him. Yeah. He's ready to meet you now. Right. I'm super excited. Thank God we had friends in common. You make my parts feel weird. I, we're not going to do the introduction anymore, Bobby. <laughs> In Los Angeles, mashers were all over street corners on Saturdays, which was considered, quote, the principal flirting day of the week. Yeah, mash today. <laughs> uh, men would just stand around insulting women as they Come on, by. we gotta get up. We're going mashing. Hey, Jimmy, you wanna go mashing today? I'm tired from mashing last the night. ladies are gonna be out. It's a Saturday. All right, I'll do it. Hair of the dog mash. You got your letters? Yeah, I got a pocket full of letters. Excuse me, ma'am, did you drop a letter? Excuse me, miss, you dropped a letter. Excuse me, lady, you dropped a letter. All of you women have dropped letters. <laughs> when, when bicycles were invented <laughs> and Uh-oh. became the rage in the 1890s, the mashers took to riding around insulting women. <laughs> insulting? Well, but talking to them is considered insulting. Right, right, okay. Uh it was easier to ride Far, up. Also, it's so much more intimidating now to have, like, because with the bike, you can kind of circle the, you can yeah. kind of shark the prey That's a little right. bit. Hey, uh, come on. What do you mean you didn't drop the letter, miss? Don't be weird. Don't be Leave weird. me alone. Why are there so many letters around here if you're not dropping them? Huh? Looks like a letter tornado hit right over here. Surely one of these thousands of letters must be yours. <laughs> uh, it was easier for them to ride up, say something naughty, and then speed off. Yeah. <laughs> A journalist. You're pretty! Go! <laughs> journalist described the bicycle mashers of New York City. Quote, he is always dressed in the pink of fashion or what he regards as such. His eyes are roving and the mobility of his face as a whole is striking. His head had a weather vane action, which is helpful to him in his maneuvers. He delights in riding hands off and with one foot on the pedal. Oh, boy. This guy's asking for it. So he's got owl head, according to this owl article. And yeah, no hands. He's got 360 head. vision. As a matter of fact, he, so he can spin his head around and he goes hands off and with one foot on the pedal. He may be an owl. <laughs> he sounds owly. Uh, he has a charismatic way of slowing down whenever he meets a 
wheel woman, young or middle-aged, who he thinks might be outraged by his attention, and he is always able to dismount with grace. So, so are the mashers? Are they just looking to upset the women? I think I think that it's a combination. I think some are looking to upset them, and I think others are thinking maybe if I approach this lady, she'll be loose, and I'll be able to get right. in there. Okay. But I think a lot of it's just to upset them. But the, I know, but there are probably a lot of lonely dudes out there who didn't know how to meet a surely, lady. Surely, um, to me, it feels like they're definitely trying to get laid, yeah. but it's in. There's, well, there's just still, no real option, so they're almost like kamikaze pilots who are just like... Yeah, there were no pickup artist uh, guidelines at this point. Well, there's one. Have a letter. Have a letter in your pocket. <laughs> right. Besides that... How did I meet Stacy over here? Why, I convinced her that she dropped a letter. <laughs> what do you mean? I thought I did drop that letter. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> no, I wrote that letter like a sociopath. <laughs> now you have two kids from me. Streetcars became a favorite of mashers to approach women. Two young ladies boarded a streetcar in New York to get away from two mashers, but the men followed them and sat next to them. One kept Worst case scenario, mobile mashing. One kept nudging one of the women with his elbow, and the girls became more and more scared, and one finally jumped off the moving car to get away. Okay. The men were then arrested. Uh, it's, uh, okay. It's, yeah. it's just... For giving them the elbow, you know what I mean? It's so weird. Uh, Your Honor, I did not mean to give her the elbow, such as, see, my elbow just moves on its own, Your Honor. Well, I see no reason to prosecute this man. He's just got a wobbling elbow. Sometimes I can't help it. Well, you're no longer allowed to have people sit on your left. Okay, sometimes I just, if there's a boob around, it's especially, you know, into that. Are you familiar with the term talking yourself out of a sale? Or, or the little pussies. All right. I'm actually definitely <laughs> retracting what I said earlier, and you are getting fined. In, in New York, why? Should I have said big pussies? Uh, I, m- m- uh, honestly, contempt of court, uh, without question. <laughs> the hell's happening? I was seriously about to let this guy go. In New York on the L train, there was an older masher around 60 who would harass women on their way to work. I've been mashing for 41 years. <laughs> One woman heard him quietly Excuse whisper, me, ma'am. Did you drop that letter? <laughs> One woman heard him quietly whisper into her ear, Good morning, little girl. Uh, ah! Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay, so he should be arrested, right? Oh, he's Joe Bidening her. <laughs> uh, he continued to pay her compliments. Good morning, little girl. Hey, little girl, how you do? Oh. When she tried to move away, he linked his arm in hers and held her, kept her there. She finally struggled and got away. When she told the story at work, two other women said they had been harassed by the exact same man. Oh, God. Serial masher. Pervy Pete. Mashers would even drop off masher notes. Grandpa Mash. Wait, what? In Florida, a woman moved to the city of Ocala, and within six hours, she received a note from a masher at the boarding house she was residing in. Oh, my God. In Chicago, a Frenchman sent a note to a respectable young woman asking if they could meet. She took the note to the Chicago Tribune, who printed it and called him publicly a masher. <laughs> Wait, so they're leaving letters now? Like, yeah. this is now a, like a, Excuse me, man. a little I more of a romantic like, like turn? To, so this is what went down. A guy wrote a letter, 
he's from France. He's like, hello, I would like to meet you. Is he's like okay? Cyrano de Bergamash. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's in print in the Chicago Tribune. And like, uh, look at this French monster. Uh, excuse me, ma'am. I was just uh, communicating between you and me. I'd uh, just like to meet, yeah. Uh, love so, to meet. Uh, the article made fun of his blonde mustache and hair, calling him an albino. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You try to be nice to a lady, the next thing you know, you public freak. He sued the paper for $20,000. That's right. New York dealt with the masher problem for years. The police had done their best to I think it's still it. dealing with the masher yeah, problem. Yeah, it hasn't ended. Private citizens were always on alert, but it went on. Across the country, editorial after editorial discussed the masher problem and offered solutions. They included everything from demanding harsher punishments to saying mashers should be beaten in the street. Okay. But questions were always pointed toward the victim as well. What was she doing there? Why was she wearing that? Yeah, was she wearing a mashing outfit? Yeah, she's got on a pants. She's got to expect to get mashed at this point. What, she's wearing clothes outside? She's asking for it. She's walking alone. She's asking for it. A Philadelphia newspaper asked... Excuse me, ma'am. Did you drop this letter? (laughs) Philadelphia newspaper asked, quote... He will often not speak to a woman who offers him no encouragement. It is manifest that the girls are to blame for his presence upon the streets. Let them lay aside their dashing boldness and manner, which they often foolishly uh, imagine denotes independence, but which is as dangerous as it is unseemly. It, it is a little messy for them to try to be independent. That is kind of sending the wrong I think signal. we can all agree women shouldn't be outside. Yeah, I think obviously they've entered the real world. You know, they're in the locker room now. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry, you just set foot in the locker room. Welcome to the locker room. And then there's just the sound of a locker closing. (laughs) Oh, no. Hey, what's up, lady? Oh, God, the locker room. Carol, run. Save yourself. I'm in the locker room. Grab it. You can. Hand me some of those Tic Tacs. We're in the locker room. (laughs) A Salt Lake City paper wrote, quote, as a rule, the well-behaved girl is free to come and go as she pleases, secure from obnoxious looks or remarks. Eventually, women began to fight back physically. In 1895 in St. Louis, Miss Maple Puthoff was working at the exposition with her sister. A masher came by and started speaking to them. I love that a guy who just tries to talk up conversation is a masher. Uh, it's very confusing as to what the line is because there's there no doubt no, in my mind. There's that, no line. There's, there's no, no doubt in my mind that men are extremely creepy yes. and that a lot of these guys are totally creepy. Yeah. But then by the same token, it is just it's just hard to wrap your head around a society where you literally can't like talk. You can't talk to somebody. So I think the deal is is that is that uh, so. You're essentially, because of society's rules, you are essentially a creep if you do this. So anybody who crosses that boundary is what today would be a guy who would go grab someone's ass or something like. Oh, like our future president, perhaps. Right, like our future president. Right. Hillary Clinton. Right. Right. Big he, ass grabber. He, so I think, that, I think that just because he's breaking that norm, that he already is a creepy guy or else right. he wouldn't do it. Does that make sense? It makes sense. But I, mean, I bet you there. I bet you there's also like there had to be like like speakeasies, but of like uh, hitting on people where it was like you go into a place and they're just like, yeah, you understand we're allowed to mash tonight, yeah, and oh, then you sure. could go up to a girl and be like, excuse me, miss. She's like, don't give me the letter trick here. You don't need to. Oh my god, a real conversation. So I wasn't even introduced by a friend. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
So this woman, Miss Mabel Potoff, uh, is working at the exposition with her sister, and a masher comes up and starts speaking to them. And they ignored him, but he continued talking. So they left and went back to work. Then the masher showed up there and began talking to them again. Okay. Now this is crossing the mash line. Yeah. He then asked Mabel if he could have a hat pin or, quote, anything to remember you by. She punched him in the face. Well, that'll do. That's a memento. And then she kept punching. A crowd gathered to watch, and he finally ran off. <laughs> Shit. Kept punching is always good. <laughs> in Norfolk, Virginia, two sisters, Ida and Madeline Shaw, were on a car when a man started making, quote, goo-goo eyes at them. How dare he? <laughs> so they moved... <laughs> so they moved on the car and he followed as he approached them they jumped up and gave him quote a severe punching with their fists that's great (laughs) what a great era yeah oh miss josie sanchez was a rather large woman who was described by a newspaper as amazonian Cool. Good time for the press. She and a friend were walking to a theater in San Francisco when a masher said something offensive. Sanchez recognized the man as he had done this several times before, and he was much smaller than she was. So she picked him up and threw him through a store window. Oh, just (laughs) dynamite. Just dynamite. (laughs) Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She was arrested for malicious mischief and paid eight fifty for the damages to the store, which she said was worth it. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. Yeah, that is that's the last time you get mashed at if you don't want it. Yeah, the last time. In Ohio, Miss Frank Gibbert beat a masher unconscious on a streetcar. This must be gr- a great era. When she was done, all the passengers applauded. Well done. <laughs> But women didn't just use their fists. They also started using weapons. First, women began beating mashers with parasols, but that was nothing compared to what was coming. In Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania, there was a well-known masher. The police had received endless complaints about him, and he had a favorite street corner that he would hang out on. His MO was to drop a handkerchief when a woman walked by and say, Oh, miss, you have dropped your handkerchief. So really, it was just kind of a spin on the letter game, really. Seems like the pattern was... Whatever it was in, she dropped something. Oh, God. Miss, you dropped your dog. Oh, wait. I don't have a dog. Want to go out on a date? Eventually, four women came up with a uh, a plan to deal with him. One woman was used as bait to lure him down a street. Oh, boy. When he was in the right place, the three other women stepped out with cowhide whips. It's like all of a sudden it's the, the man with no name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they whipped him, and he tried to fight back, punching one of the women. He was then punched from behind, knocked down, and whipped more. Eventually, he got up, ran off, bleeding from several cuts on oh, his body. Oh, man. Okay. Well, that well, might be the end of that match. I mean, that's what... <laughs> time to go to a new corner, at least. <laughs> right. Yeah, time to switch up the area. I'm going to start dropping pens. I'm just going to the new corner totally injured. Excuse me, ma'am. You dropped your handkerchief. Did you drop some blood? <laughs> excuse, excuse me, ma'am. You dropped two of your teeth. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. No oh, shit. Sorry. Keep going as you were. Do you want to go out and get a drink sometime? Boy, these uh, are really dropping like raindrops over here. In Chicago in the 1890s, a woman was on a streetcar when a masher pressed his knee against her. <laughs> she was wearing... <laughs> she was wearing a silk... 
Must be belt fastener uh, on her skirt with a long steel pin. She whipped the pin out and stabbed him in the leg. Interesting. He screamed in pain and ran off the streetcar. She wiped the blood off the pin with a handkerchief as everyone on the car laughed. Oh, it's great. It's also, it's both a time of violence and of a lack of humanity. Yeah, but it is like, it's, uh, it's good that there's public support for women to be able to like, just, you know, like that if they're breaking the rules, do whatever. Yeah. And you'll stop them. Yeah. It's got to be like a freeing, a freeing moment when you can throw a guy through a store window for under a grand. Uh, hat pins be- would become the weapon of choice. Hat oh. pins became more and more popular beginning in the 1850s. Women would wear straw hats and started using hat pins to secure them. As the styles of hats changed, so did the pins. The hat pins became longer and decorated. The height of hat pins was from 1890 to 1935. That's when the bonnet strings went away. Oh, boy. And hairstyles got more crazy. They were more elaborate and upswept. Women used artificial hair pieces to help hold down a hat and hat pins. Okay. Many hat pins. So now they just like... Hat pins were usually, usually made out of silver, but also copper, sometimes gold. Oh, boy. In, in the 1880s, they were uh, six to eight inches long. Oh. But in the 1890s, as the size of ladies' hats got bigger and bigger. So oh, this boy. is the time of birds. And uh-huh, stuff, yeah. Um, hat pins got bigger and bigger. As we get into the 1900s, hat pins grew up to 12 inches. Whoa, shit. That's a long hat yeah. pin. The hats were so big, it was that's not... A, that's a hair sword. Y- yeah. Okay. The hats were so big, it was not uncommon for a woman to have a dozen hat pins holding one up. So she could just Wolverine be like, get out of here. (laughs) Shing, shing. They were designed to look like flowers, leaves, bugs, and were set with diamonds and other stones like emerald. She put a crazy bug on me. It stung me. They could be used for all sorts of things, it turned out. In West Philadelphia, an ice man asked a woman if he could use her hat pin. An ice man? Ice man. So a guy selling ice. So a guy. Oh, not like a Batman villain or no, something. No, no. Oh, okay. That's a man selling about. ice. This is Iceman. And then the Silver Surfer also asked for an ice pick. Was the usurper there? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, so an Iceman asked a woman if he could use her hat pin because his partner had taken their axe up the street. She obliged, and he used the hat pin to chip off a piece of ice. When he delivered the ice to her, he told her he usually carried a hat pin to use on the ice, but his wife had borrowed it and forgot to give it back. Nurses were also known to use their hat pins to chip off ice to use on patients with fevers. So these are ice picks. Well, that just shows how serious of a business they are. I mean, they're (laughs) they're no joke. They're not fucking around. Yeah, they're not breaking. Hat pins were dangerous. A Miss Tetro in Scantron, Pennsylvania, moved to avoid a streetcar and fell hard on the pavement. She had cuts on her head, shoulders, and back. She was taken to the hospital, but seemed to be most upset that she had lost her hat pin. Interesting. When she returned home, she felt a sharp pain in her right hip. Oh, and boy. looking at it, she discovered the hat pin was embedded in her hip. Oh, silly me. That's just deep inside of me. <laughs> oh, foolish me. Of course. Henry, I- call off the search. It's deep in my bone. <laughs> People became concerned because the hat pins were so large, they stuck out of hats and could do serious damage to Seriously? someone's face. What is going on? The Trenton Evening Times. Someone just having cactus head walking around town. <laughs> 
The Trenton Evening Times wrote in February 1908, quote, One sees them in twos and threes, miniature rapiers flashing with most deadly threats at the human eye. Why the hat pin must be of such abnormal length that it protrudes inches of steel. In all eight to ten on either side of the female headgear, no man can fathom. He can merely marvel at the recklessness with which women go about armed in this manner. That's crazy. Streetcars were overcrowded and jerky, which caused people to be impaled on hats. Jesus. What? Uh, excuse me. Your, your hat pin's gone into my throat a little. Uh, it's the potholes. I don't know. The Indianapolis News wrote, quote, A woman doesn't need a revolver or a bow and arrow when she wears half a dozen of these pins. No hat pin is considered worth the name whose head doesn't protrude at least two inches behind the hat crown. In Pasadena, California, there were said to be around 130 passengers on a streetcar one day. A young woman wearing a large hat, secured by hat pins, was standing in the way of the conductor. He tried to move around the dangerous hat, but as he did, she also moved to get out of his way, and they moved toward each other, and the hat pin went through his nose. Dude, how many times have you had that interaction where you're like, oh, I'm going right, oh, yeah. you go, oh. Now, just you... imagine swords hanging now, out. Yeah, now head. little swords are involved, yeah. and if you overdo it, you get one through your nose. Or lose an eye. Lord. Um, hat pins uh, also sometimes used to save babies. In St. Louis, Miss F.H. Jordan was in the kitchen when she heard her six-month-old baby laughing in its crib. She looked in on the baby and saw a rattlesnake coiled and ready to strike. Okay. The baby was reaching toward it. The woman ran into the kitchen and grabbed a pot of boiling water. Her screams caused her upstairs neighbor to run downstairs, wielding a large hat pin. Mrs. Jordan poured the boiling water on the snake, which hissed and leapt at her, and her neighbor then stabbed the snake with a hat pin. That, that's not... That, they, that's not... You don't say that they're saving babies. That's saving they a baby. They kill snakes. Well, that's saving a baby. Saving a baby is like, it's choking on baby food, and I dislodged it from its throat with a little hat pin. There was just a snake in a crib for no she, reason. She saved a baby. Well, Weird was, order, too. in the crib. I think it might have been outside the crib. But. <laughs> Still hot water and hat pin? That snake was like, I just want to leave. I want no funny no, business. Just passing through, ladies. Ah, hot water! <laughs> Although most hat pins became a weapon of self-defense. Uh, May 28th, 1903, Leoti Blaker uh, from Kansas was visiting New York City. She got on a stagecoach, which was very crowded. The man next to her moved closer. Oh, boy. He was older and nicely dressed. The horse quickened its pace, and the coach jumped, causing everyone to... Grope their neighbor. Yeah, jumble with <laughs> each other. Now the man was touching her hip to hip, shoulder to shoulder. Oh, excuse me. Then he lifted his arm and put it low across her back. Leone reached for her foot-long hat pin and sunk it into his arm. He screamed and got off the coach at the next stop. <laughs> I do like that men, that that's that's where they draw the line. If they get stabbed, they run. Yeah, they're like, ah, ah, all right, all right, I didn't know you were stabbing. It must be such an amazing thing to see. Oh, oh great. <laughs> so great. And then, you know, there's totally some other dude who's like, I saw the, what he did to you back there. This guy's in the city, huh? Huh? Just grab your back. Oh, God damn it. Ah, <laughs> ah, in Brooklyn, a young woman was walking home at night when four men tried to rob her. They told her, but to she hand. just flung her beehive around. She spun around and around and around. 
They told her to hand over her purse and whatever jewelry she had. One of the men grabbed her by the arm, at which point she whipped out two hat pins and quickly stabbed him in the shoulder. Ugh. The other men tried to grab her, but she just went on a stabbing. One of them uh, she stabbed several times. Three of the robbers ran off. A policeman nearby heard her scream and ran over in time to catch the last robber. Jesus. It's fucking amazing. Four dudes? Yeah. With a hat pin? Yeah. In St. Louis, a 19-year-old woman was walking home late one night when three men approached. She was suspicious and loosened two hat pins. Uh, amazing that she's like turning the corner and she's like, just adjusting my hair. Got two girls ready to go when I need them. Got them in the chamber. Got them ready to go. Bring it out. Sure enough, they attacked her. They dragged her in, into an empty lot where she managed to get her hands on the two hat pins and stabbed two of the men. It's great. It's the fucking best. Hat pin, def- hat pin defense stories appeared in newspapers frequently all over the country. <laughs> the women were painted as heroic instead of just objects of crime. Society was changing and seeing women were capable of defending themselves. Hat pins could also break off when they entered the body. Oh. A Mrs. Cooper stabbed her husband with a hat pin when he was getting into bed. Wow. But didn't want anyone to know what she had done, so he didn't say anything. Wait, wh- why? Did, she, did we know why? She, yeah, she, uh, he uh, said that she was being unfaithful. Uh, oh boy, that'll show you. So she stabbed him with a hat pin. I thought this was a safe place! <laughs> She's telling you how I'm feeling! You asked me how, what I was thinking about! I know, I'm sorry! Well, we're not telling anyone about this. No. <laughs> the wound was in his thigh. Now, part of the hat pin broke off. And the hat pin traveled through his body and finally lodged itself in his lung, which caused inflammation. Wait, 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 wait. wait. It went from his thigh? Yeah. All the to way. his lung? Well, it must have been somehow. It, in the she put a torpedo hat pin in him? What? I don't know how it, it works. went in his bloodstream. I don't know what happens. Blood, it's not it like a. It's, it's not, not like, like a, floating around you like a canoe. Apparently, it is. Maybe he was. What, what is this? Inner space? He could be full of water. <laughs> okay, so he might have man, been. A, he might have been. That, a balloon I'll man. tell you. I'll tell you. If you stab me with something in the knee and someone tells me that it penetrated my lung, I'm going to be like, I want to see a real doctor. <laughs> well, he died three months later. Jesus. She was arrested for manslaughter. I bet her boyfriend was like, awesome, though. Now we don't have to worry about sneaking around. Right. In October 1908 in Pittsburgh, there was a Mardi Gras celebration on the streets. Oh, boy. Young men started throwing confetti into the faces of women. Well, look, every guy has a different angle on how to speak to them. Or they would rub. They don't seem to like it when you throw paper at their face like a pitch. No, no, they're into it. Okay. Others would rub the women's faces with a tickler. Just like a feather? I guess. Okay. Well, hopefully. After a while, the women started holding their hat pins and getting ready for the next asshole to throw confetti in their face. Oh, boy. And then the stabbing began. Oh, boy. The next day, hundreds of men visited local doctors to get treatment for hat pin stab wounds. Wow. That's crazy. Marguerite LeBlanc was walking home in New York when, quote, a man well-dressed and of dark complexion, thought to be an Italian... Walked up behind her. Hey, how you doing, a pretty lady? Hello, you like a meatball? He put his arm around her and said, Ah, what a pretty girl, and pretty tried girl. to kiss her. Mm-hmm. She pushed him off, whipped out a hat pin, and stabbed him in the arm, and then in his cheek. Oh. So that means it went through. Oh, okay, pretty lady. Oh. I'm not a pretty lady. He ran away after screaming. Bellissima, 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 bellissima. 
1908, people in Spokane, Washington, became concerned as a new industry was born. Jam Halliday began paying kids aged 5 to 12 five cents each for butterflies they caught. The butterflies were then chloroformed and sent to the Modern Art and Plating Company to metalize them for hat pins. Okay. He... Yep. Created a butterfly genocide and used the children as his Nazis. <laughs> That's correct. Okay. Just want to make sure. <laughs> Even though the hat pin was clearly being used by women to protect themselves, there was a backlash. A man wrote in uh, to the Sun newspaper, quote, I am a veteran of the Civil War, wounded seven times and left for dead. I was confined there. But enough about when I'm trying to hit on women. I was confined uh, for three months and 14 days in Libby prison, but I was never so thoroughly scared as when I ran alongside one of these women with that three-acre hat and hat pin like a sword. Twice I have barely escaped being spitted. I nearly lost my left eye last Saturday afternoon. I dodged dead at least 16 times a week on average. You know what he never says in there is that it's unwarranted. He's probably out there perving out. Yeah, he's perving. And he's getting stabbed, and he's like, God damn it! Come on, I like to just grab stuff. This is worse than I wanted. No, I was fighting for the blacks to continue to be slaves. I'm a good person. In January, the Oregon legislature passed a bill prohibiting the wearing of hat pins over 10 inches long. <laughs> we just don't want our men to die from it any longer. In March 2010, Chicago City Council took up deliber- deliberations on the following questions. Are women's hat pins, long hat pins, which... Okay, this is the best question ever. Are women's long hat pins, which menace the noses, eyes, and faces of other people, a public nuisance? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you've answered it in the question. More at 11. Uh, ought women, despite the danger of hat pins, be allowed to wear them for self-protection? Uh, Alderman Baller said there was a law against wearing large hats in theaters, so why not stop the dangerous hat pins? Quote, I'm going to teach the women of Chicago that they must stop wearing hat pins a foot and a half long. Jesus. Some of the pins stick out five to six inches beyond the brim of their hats. From the gallery, a woman yelled out, doesn't your wife wear long hat pins? No, you bet she doesn't. She wouldn't do such a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) The women who had packed the meeting prepared a letter. Quote, In behalf of thousands of women in Chicago who are occasionally on the streets after dark, I want to express an objection against the proposition to curtain the use of hat pins. A hat pin is a woman's weapon of defense. She is no more permitted to carry a revolver or other weapon than is a member of the sterner sex. I always feel... Safe going home at night with a hat pin available. I get it ready in my hand until I'm safe within my door of my home. The women applauded. Another woman said, quote, If the men of Chicago want to take the hat pins away from us, let them make the streets safe. No man has a right to tell me how I shall dress and what I shall wear. Yeah, it's not that they don't it's not that they don't have a point. It's just like, you know, I mean, stop calling them hat pins, mini swords. Right, they're tiny swords. They're fighting for the right for mini swords. Right. And I think that they should be allowed to carry mini swords. They should be allowed to, considering what men are doing, yeah. they, should be able to, yeah. they should be allowed to have uh, hair swords. Yeah. The resolution was referred to committee. 3 weeks later, the city council by a vote of 62 to 2 passed the anti-hat pin ordinance. Oh gosh. 
As the men made their vote, women in the gallery hissed and booed. Oh, this mashing celebration? Yeah. I can't wait to figure you, ladies. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> They're Trump. back. They're back. Yeah. The ordinance stated no person while on public streets or in any street or elevated car or public elevator or other public place. You could have just said public place. Anywhere. Just say anywhere. Shall wear any hat pin. No one anywhere. Shall wear any hat pin exposed point of which shall protrude more than one half inch beyond the crown of the hat. When the vote was complete, the women in the gallery chanted shame, shame. Yeah. Okay. A Chicago newspaper was concerned that women were just looking at hat pins as weapons of self-defense. Quote, but may women not come to use the hat pin for offense as well as defense? If the day arrives when a woman looks upon the hat pin as purely a weapon, she may wear her hat pin in a sheath at her side. Okay. Women may be ready to draw at the Shing. slightest provocation. Shing. These petticoated swashbucklers may, oh, really, asshole. may intimidate men at the point of the hat pin into giving up his seat on streetcars. They're not buccaneers. Is it not possible that women may use force to secure the dream of the militant suffragette at the point of a hat pin? Is he talking about a military coup via hat pins? He is he's saying that women are going to get the vote via hat pin. There will all be voted hat pin party if we're not careful. Don't let them have hat pins. They'll get the vote. They'll do everything. They'll be mashing us within no time. Next thing you know, they'll be taking men's seats on streetcars. Oh, the nerve. It sounds crazy, but the writer understood the ramifications of the hat pin. Working women and suffragists had taken control of the debate, speaking out against mashers, and praised that hat pins allowed women to move freely in public without an escort. Yeah. They fought back against the idea that women's fashion or their freedom had anything to do with being a victim. That was all due to the warped mashers' mind, they said. Not all cities were against the hat pin. Recognizing women should be allowed to protect themselves. In Washington, D.C., Mayor Sylvester explained that women could stab robbers and mashers all they wanted. Quote, we have in It's a Washington- little liberal. Yeah, a tad bit. <laughs> stab away! Okay. Quote, we have in Washington 16,000 more women than men. Numbers of women are obliged to go about the streets at night without escorts, and numerous instances have come to the attention of this department where women, as assailed by marauders at night, have used hat pins with telling effect. 16,000 more women than... That's where I would live. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. Mash away. He acknowledged uh, there would always be accidents, but the hat pin's value outweighed the occasional loss of an innocent person's eye. Oh, God. Eye? Yeah, the hat pins fucking took out eyes. Jesus. (laughs) The eyes have it. Ah! Men threatened by the hat pin. Uh, <laughs> so men. <laughs> men uh, felt threatened by the hat pin, freeing, freed up women to stroll about. Um, and they began uh, to tell tales about innocent men who were harmed by what was being now called the hat pin peril. Uh, called the what? Hat pin peril. Oh, God. I mean, can you imagine the embellishment on those stories? Oh. You know, they say that Danny might never hit on a woman again. Went right through his tongue, it did. Oh, Jesus. What did he do? He probably just said, excuse me, ma'am. Yeah, all he did was rub his penis on this woman. Well, that's not and then she, And he said, and he said, I've got a gift for you. And she put one through his tongue. Oh, Trump. What year is this, by the way? 2016. Okay. 
I maybe am a little out of line. I'm not going to lie. I hit my head pretty hard a week ago. Sort of forgot what's going on. One story was that a... Can I be president? Yes. All righty. One story was that a 19-year-old girl in Scranton was supposedly playing with her hat pin, uh, uh, like fake sorting it with her boyfriend, and accidentally stabbed him Kinky, in the heart huh? Whoa, what? And killed him. Whoa, what? And I think she's a murderer. Another story of a guy on a streetcar who was stabbed in his ear and died a week later. So he just was sitting on the car and the lady said. <laughs> that kind of means his brain then, right? So all these stories started coming out like that. <laughs> Jesus. More cities passed laws against hat pins. Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, New Orleans, Sydney, Berlin, Paris. It was a worldwide hat pin situation. That is crazy. Um Soon, the war on hat pins. Soon World War I would break out, and with it, the hat pin peril died out. Uh, but the real end of hat pins was bobbed hair and smaller hats. The flappers were coming, and the 19th Amendment in 1920 giving women the right to vote. Jesus. That's crazy. I don't even know. We just used to treat women great. Well, yeah, obviously. Now we still do. Yeah. No, there's, uh, yeah, our big issue is that we still struggle to actually have equality. Uh, well, this still happens all the time. Women, women getting grabbed on subways and shit. Oh yeah. Well, like I constant. think even if you think about like the the Trump thing, like you know, there's a lot of this. This is this has prompted nine women or so to come forward and be like, oh, he's did this to me. But even outside of that, like. It feels like most women are comfortable saying, yeah, this is something that happens to us all, all the, the time. time. And it's happened for so long and that it really – when something like that just becomes the norm, it you just accept – I mean it, it, it is – it's almost like – it's almost like the – like the racism that we still have in our culture. Like we just, you eventually are just like, all right, well, we did as good as we can. I guess we tried. We really tried hard and we got a, we got a pretty – Pretty good system. Pretty good. You know, you yeah. can't hit them. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. you, and you, you can't you can't force yourself. But a touch here and there. That, in the right. locker room. Right. Come on. Come on. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it, it almost feels like it's a little more uh, fair if women have hat pants. I think women should go back to wearing hat pants. <laughs> Just start stabbing dudes. Yeah. I mean, I've probably got two or three friends that would would definitely change their game. Oh, I can think of some friends of yours. That yeah. Oh, uh, they'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, I can't. I, I don't go to Big Wangs anymore. <laughs> I got half pinned twice, two Sundays in a row. I don't go there anymore. <laughs> All right. We sign them. We sign cores. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, this same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with gareth and jake i don't remember how we did it but either way fun half hour comes out tuesday august 22nd and the episodes will be out every tuesday and friday we're here to help oh hey there everybody it's gareth you know from this uh 
this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th, Adelaide, November 16th, Canberra, November 17th, Brisbane, November 18th, and then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.